Hallelujah. Kingdom heart, which is part four. Let's go to our text in Matthew 6, 19, 21. It's cooler here, actually. And it is up there. Uh, Matthew 6, 19 to 21. It says, do not lay up. Matthew 6, 19 to 21. A kingdom heart, it says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. And then he says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Can you say it together, please, verse 21? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So again, you've heard it over and over again, and, and faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, Jesus is saying, now, if I find your treasure, I'll find your heart. And you know, again, you have to, to, to think about what the heart is. The heart, remember, sometimes you even say, the heart of the matter. You've ever heard people say that? And, and uh, maybe you can see even the heart of a watermelon. Huh? It's the is, is core of that place. There's a heart of the tree. You've heard of that. So actually, that's where the life of that thing is at. You've ever tried to eat, to eat the skin of the watermelon? The green skin. Have you ever tried eating it? But now, if you're talking about the heart, actually, the heart of man is the very person. Remember that uh, scripture we looked at in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, which says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it does what? Springs or flaws, the issues of life. It's the sources of life. So here Jesus is talking about where your heart is. There, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I remember again, your heart is your life. Everything you are actually flows out of your heart. It's the core of your existence. When God, remember this, when God is dealing with issues, he goes to the root. Oh, how important to know that, church. When God is dealing with issues, he goes to the root. Why is that? He's all-knowing God. So he goes to the root of issues. When he's dealing with an issue, he goes to the root. He doesn't deal with the fruit. He goes to the root. He even he, he looks at the hearts of men. He knows what is in the heart of men. And the very example we have, the perfect example we have, or the, the Bible calls him the express image of the Father, is Jesus. So if you want to see the Father, we, want to, we need to see how Jesus is. You know, no one can tell you that healing is no longer happening now, or God no longer heals people. That's a lie. Because Jesus, wherever he did, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. He went about doing good and healing all those who are oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So healing has never, has never changed. I mean, God has never changed. He's our healer. 
or are we were praying for such and such a brother, and you know he ended up dying in cancer, in cancer. So I don't know if God is healing cancer t- today. Hey, do, do you put your trust in the brother's death, or you put trust in the living God? You see the difference. You never look at this. You never, never, ever put God in your ex- in, based on your experiences. Put God based on His word. Your experiences vary. You may experience, that's why you find even some believers walking around saying that God has disappointed them. You won't be the first one. Because he's never disappointed anyone who believes in him. He's righteous. There's no evil in him. So they are based, based on their circumstances, they try to define God. You can't. If you want to know that God we know the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You go to the Word of God and see what He does, and you go to the Gospels and see how Jesus dealt with issues. And this, I'm, I'm coming back. I'm going back to my point. God deals with the root. He deals with the root. He goes to the root. So let's go. Having said that, let's go to Mark chapter ten. Again, we look at the the, the rich young ruler. Don't ever forget that. Yeah, but God knows my heart. You know, I, yeah, he does. You know, if you say that and God knows your heart, yeah, he does. Very true. But people don't know what my heart is. We don't. <laughs> he, told, he told Samuel, I, I look at the heart, and, but men look, men, men look at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. We don't see your heart. We see the manifestation. Of what is in your heart. No, you know, even I was angry, but I did all this, but God knows my heart. No, he does, but we can see the anger. Yeah, that's how we know. He knows, he knew that anger before it came out. But as we are seeing it after it has come out. Thank you, you came to church, yeah? Thank you. (laughs) You know, sometimes you think of of that. (laughs) And I won't go another direction. I want to go. Let's, let's go to the scriptures. In Mark chapter 10, in verse 17, I want us to go step by step, and I want you to see something, please. Say, my eyes see. My ears hear. My heart receives the word of God. My heart is a good soil. I receive the, heart of, the word of God. Remember, your heart is the production center. So you have to receive it by the heart. You receive it by faith into your heart. And then as Brother Francis has told you, you be practical about it. Be a doer of the word. Now let's go to Matthew 10, Mark 10, sorry. Now as he was going out talking about Jesus on the road, one came running, knelt before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? What was the question? What shall I do that I may do what? Inherit eternal life. Don't forget the question. What can I do that I may inherit eternal life? Remember it was before the cross. You always have to look at the Bible. that way. It was before the cross. Jesus was walking on earth. 
So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your mother and your mother. And he answered to him, say, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack. What was his question? What can I do that I may do what? Inherit eternal life. Then he says, one thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you'll have treasures in heaven, and come, take up your cross, and follow me. Let me ask you a question. Can you pay anything for eternal life? Okay? So Jesus wasn't telling him to go sell what he had and give to the poor, meaning that he was going to buy eternal life with that. No. Okay, let me ask you another question. You see, I'm helping you to study. Let me help One thing you go, go, one thing you like, go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor. Will that give him eternal life? No, okay? And you'll have treasure in heaven that is sealed. Okay? You need to think of treasure in heaven as heaven as a dimension. Not just, you know, thinking of, I'll be waiting until I go to heaven. I'll find everything I've been doing here while I can go through anything here in this, in this, in this life. No, you're already of the kingdom of God. Think about heaven as being of the kingdom of God. Think about the system of the kingdom. Don't just tie your head into a place. Okay? Think about a kingdom has what? A king. It's a domain of a king. So you need to think of the heaven as the kingdom of God functioning. Matthew is not is noted in the in the scriptures. Matthew so much uses the kingdom of heaven and not the kingdom of God. And I, I read a commentary some years ago of him being a Jew. It was almost, so to speak, what, what is the word? The, the word, the name God was an all thing to say. You just don't use it around God, 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 God. Like people saying, guy, oh, guy, guy. You use it with no faith until when you use it in prayer, it has no power. Okay, you see that? Anyway, you kept quiet. I mean, you may not, you be using guy or you may be using whatever you use in your language, but people just use, misuse that name and they don't use faith and they keep saying, Jesus, Jesus, with no faith. And remember, you have to have faith in the name for it to manifest. Thank you for your enthusiasm, but it's the truth. Okay, now look at this, let me ask you. So then, and he says, and come take up the cross and follow me. Will that bring him eternal life? Huh? Come on. Oh yeah, don't you know that if you follow Jesus, you'll know who he is and you'll come now to realization of what? Of him being the son of God. But look at this. Look at what happened next. And be reminded of his statement, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The Lord is going to the root in the rich young ruler's life. 
is going to the root. What did he tell him? Go sell all what you have, then you'll have treasures in heaven, then do what? Come and pick up your cross and do what? Follow me. What was the question? What can I do that I may inherit what? Eternal life. What is he going for? The root. He's going to the heart. Don't forget that. He's dealing with his heart. And it is obvious of his response. He says this, but he was sad in verse 22 and went away sorrowful for he had what? Great possessions. This is what it means. And the possessions had him. They had great possessions. Then his great possessions was a hindrance for him to come to the Lord that he may inherit what? Eternal life. He went away sorrowful. In other words, valuing. He didn't value the words of Jesus. Think about this, church. And sometimes you think like, yeah, that was then when he was living now. But let me tell you something. God has never stopped speaking to us today. He's speaking to you right now. He's going to the root of issues in your life. He's going to the issues right into your heart. But many times, again, people don't listen enough to be able to hear the voice of God. He's going to the root of issues in your own life. He says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart will be also. Remember, he went away sad, away sorrowful, because he had, he had great possessions. So we see above, he had great possessions, and his heart was in his possessions. For where your treasure is, there shall your heart be also. So where was the heart of this rich young ruler? In his possessions. What was the Lord going, going for? He was going for the heart of this young ruler. Remember, if according to what Jesus has said prior to that, then you lay up treasures in heaven. He says this, for where your heart is, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So Jesus is giving instructions to this young ruler, and he says this, I want your heart to turn from your possessions. The moment you sell them, you'll have treasures in heaven, that's where your heart will be in the kingdom, then you come follow me, I will teach you the right Attitude. Let me, let, me, let me say it as I've written it down. Think of what the Lord was saying here. And I want you to hear what he's saying to you here. If I can have your treasure, I will have your heart. Then I will teach you the right kingdom attitude towards earthly possessions. I'll say it again. If I can have your treasure, I will have your heart. Then I will teach you the right Kingdom attitudes, attitude towards earthly possessions. That changes everything. That's like that man in Psalm 112. I'll teach you the right attitude of the kingdom attitude regarding what? Earthly possession. Church, when we have that inside of us, that's it. No more struggle. Poverty becomes a thing of the past. Lack and insufficiency and fear becomes the thing of the past. Listen, we listen to God and he will teach us how to prosper. Let's go to 
Let's go to Isaiah. Isaiah 48. Look at verse 17. Isaiah 48, verse 17. Are you there? Oh, yeah. No, that's fine, ladies. I know. Okay, look at, let's look at it together. That says the Lord to your what? Come on. That says the Lord to your, that says the Lord your what? Who's Jesus to you? Who's God to you? Have you been redeemed? Do you have the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart? Then look at this. This was prophetic. We have God as our redeemer. This is prophetic. What say? Thus says the Lord, your redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Is he our God? Yes. Look at this. I am the Lord your God who teaches you to do what? Come on. Do you have it in the Amplified Bible? Let's see if it's any, any different. He's the Lord, our God, who teaches you to do what? To profit. Will you make any loss? If you follow God, will you make any loss? No, never. You'll never be the first one. Okay, let's see. Is that amplified? Okay, it's the same. That says the Lord, your Redeemer, the whole one of Israel. I'm the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit. Who leads you in the way that you should go. In other words, if you follow the Lord, you'll profit in whatever you, whatever you do. And then what follows next is that all that you hid in my commandments, then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. You'll never follow God and be awake at night thinking of how you're going to solve your problems. Never ever. You won't be awake. Why? Your heart is fixed. So Jesus is telling this man, the rich, rich young ruler, in others he's saying this, if I can have your treasure, I'll have your heart, then I'll teach you the right kingdom attitude towards earthly possessions. Look at verse 23. Let's go back to, the, to, this, to this man. Then Jesus looked around and said to his, his disciples, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astonished at his words. What was the question of the rich young ruler? What can I do that I may do what? Inherit eternal life. So the disciples were surprised. They were astonished at his words. Jesus had to, to, according to Mark, Jesus had to say again, but Jesus had said again and said to them, children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier to, for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. But who, who is he talking about? Those who trust in riches. Don't ever forget that. I'm telling you, and I'm serious when I tell you this. When you're talking about rich people, don't talk to, about, uh, about them negatively. Because you are removing yourself from that. 
from that group. These rich people, you know it's because of these rich people, who are you then? There are two calibers. Okay, come on. There are two people. You are either what? Or? So you keep attacking. You're, attack, or you're attacking us. Because we are, we are of the kingdom. We've been redeemed. Don't attack us. Hey, do you have, do you have some wicked rich people? Yes. But do you have some good rich people? Yes. Joseph of Armadillo was one of them. We have Cornelius was one of them. We have so many of them. I think it's in Luke chapter 12. We have so many, so very good people. Hey, come on. We are here in this church today and we are very good people. And yet we are. Now, why are you stammering? I mean... Remember, for a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. You're forgetting that. So don't talk in the ne- to the negative when you are referring to rich people. The Bible is so clear when he starts talking about the rich people. In fact, you are going to see an admonition of rich believers, how they are supposed to behave. All right, don't forget three words here I gave you last week. Heart. What is the second one? Treasures. The third one? Trust. Let's say it together. Heart, treasure, trust. Don't forget those three words. Let's go to First Timothy again, chapter 6, verse 17 to 19 from the NAV. All right. Command... Those who are rich. Now, remember, it's Apostle Paul writing to a, to a young pastor called Timothy and he's telling them, command those who are rich. Not in the world. He's talking about in the church. All right? Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, what does he do? Who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, what way? In in being good, being rich in good deeds, generous, and willing to share, in this way, they lay up treasure for themselves. I like this word that follows. As a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. You see that? I mean, do you need any... Any definition of anything there? I mean, that's as clear as it can be. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor put their hope in wealth. In other words, don't put your trust in wealth, which is so uncertain. God, God think in these terms. He's dealing with the root. 
where your treasure is, there is your heart also. So he's dealing with the root. He's saying this, you place your trust in riches is uncertain. You open your heart to uncertainty. You put your trust in riches. Listen, you put your trust in your house. In your wealth. In your finances. In your job. You have put your heart into something which is uncertain. And it changes. That's why you hear people, I I was fired. Then what happened? I went into a coma. I mean, seriously, people, people have lost it. They lost their job and they, went, they became sick. I don't blame them, but there's something that they are doing prior to that. They had placed their hearts, they had placed their treasure, their treasure became their jobs. When they were fired, their, their treasure was broken. Their hearts were broken. And they couldn't continue living. Can you have an attitude, I'm unfiable? There's no word like that in the the world. I'm unfiable. (laughs) Hallelujah. You know, I got, and you know, with all I can say, getting into the the ministry, I remember some years ago, Pastor was telling an individual, and he was referring, we were talking and, and speaking all what he was saying, and he says, you know, I'm not thinking about, Pastor Davis, I don't think of firing him. I thought, yeah, that's exactly the attitude I have. I don't feel like, I, mean, I, mean, I don't think of being fired. Now, he is my boss telling him he doesn't think in those terms. I'm called. I'm called. Now, it's what I decide to do. But the call of God is without repentance. It's what I decide to do. I can decide to be unfaithful, and God remains faithful. But will he fire me? He's not firing me. Oh, I'm taking you to a higher level of thinking. Listen, if you understand who you are in the kingdom of God, you realize your treasure is not in that job. Your treasure is in God. That is the end of insecurity. You say, let me give you an example. There's nothing that I've been doing in secret that I'm thinking. I have to be sweeping under the carpet, under the carpet so that when Pastor Carla comes back, she doesn't realize I've been doing this in, in, you know, in secret. Huh? Have I stolen any land from anyone over here during these three months? Or did I tell you this is the M-Pesa line you, you, you send all the money towards me? Come and come and see us after the service. <laughs> you see that you have to think that way, church. You have to think that way. Let me give you an exa- Let me give you another example. I don't know why I'm going into this, but there's a reason. Hey, if if I'm not unfaithful to my wife, I've no reason of hiding anything from her. My phone is hers, though it's mine. You shall you shall say. You know, she, she may ask, like, over the years, she may ask, like, uh, so I said, uh, uh, but so you have that money? 
Yes, I do it, but it is this side. I'm, I'm with it here. I'm, we are spending it, but from this side. You, you understand that? So if I'm not, I'm not hiding anything from her, if I'm not unfaithful to her, I have nothing to hide. Thank you for your enthusiasm, but I know he's talking to someone over there. You have nothing to hide. Look at this. That's the end of all insecurity. You don't forget your phone at home and you drive like, like your, 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 your flying squad going back to the compound because you don't know what is, she's going to find out. <laughs> but if, if you forget, the, she has even, she has my key, what do you call it? The pin number, she has it. She knows what it is. I'm not hiding anything from her, and I don't have a pin. You know, do you call it pin number? What do you call it? Password. Is it a word? That is a number. What do you call it? Okay. Whatever it is, you know what I'm talking about. I don't have it for Google. You know, there's some people that every place you click, there's a password. You go next, there's a password. You go next to the password. You, do you work for the national intelligence? <laughs> it's amazing. And, and these are people who call themselves believers in Christ, but they have secrets. Thank you for saying amen deacons over here. <laughs> and the choir. <laughs> but look at this. That's the end of all insecurity. Because you know where your treasure is in God. Young people, I tell you, that's a secret to live free. The, the worst thing that you want to, to have problem is in your own house. That's, that's the secret of living free. You set it in motion when you are courting. You have everything in place, just as open as it can be, that you're not going to hide anything. And I'm telling you, that's freedom. I, love, I live a free life, and I like freedom. I said I live a free life, and I like freedom. I hope you like freedom too. Yes. Amen? Yes. So don't go, remote, go tell your wife of those pin numbers. Now the level of trust goes up if you can give her also for the M-Pesa. <laughs> now that's trust. What about if she spends all the money and she comes back in the evening she spends all the money? It means that you've not been teaching well. Now, now, that's trust. They have your, the, the one for MPS. Now, that's good, yeah? Yes. Ah, there are issues that when you start touching people, keep quiet. What's the problem? <laughs> Come on, people. Where is our treasure? In heaven, in God. That's where your treasure, that's where our heart is also. So, look at this. You know, I think in these terms, and you may think like, really, you think that way? Yes, I chose to think this way. If I put my trust in God, he will protect me in every way. In every way. Okay? What about if, if I give you know, her pin num- my, my pin number for something, and then she spends all that money? I know she won't. Because I trust in God. And she knows the power of agreement. So she won't do that. 
Because she knows she has to call me to call, say, honey, I'm, I'm in a such and such a place. Do you think I can spend that money? And sure, go ahead and do that. Because now that's what, where trust comes in. Pastor, don't talk to me that you don't know my wife. <laughs> who, who are you married to? <laughs> You've never met my wife. You know what she will do. Oh, you know what you have is insecurity. But look at this. You start going back to those seeds of insecurity and uprooting them, and you realize you have no insecurity anymore. You trust in God, and he takes care of issues for you. Oh, my goodness, that's freedom. The right kingdom attitude is this. Not trusting in certain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. The right kingdom attitude is this. Not trusting in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us what? Richly all things to enjoy. That's the right kingdom attitude. God wants us to enjoy life. But the, the right attitude we have concerning possessions, earthly possessions, is so, such a key to us enjoying life. Don't forget that. The, the attitude we have, if we have the right kingdom attitude towards earthly possessions, that is such a key for us to enjoy the God kind of life. Let me, let me show you something here of the world and in, in see if I can go make some steps over here. First Timothy chapter 6. Look at verse 6. Let's start from verse 6. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we carry nothing out. You know that. You see, last year, they started, they threw, some two years ago, there's a certain celebrity who died in Uganda, and they were throwing dollars into that, into, into his, into his uh, uh, what do you call it, grave. He didn't go with any of those. He went where he chose to go with nothing. You see that? You, you never go in, in, with anything. Look at this. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with this we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich, to be rich, fall into temptation and a snare into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. My goodness, if you follow the news nowadays, you realize, can people do such a crazy thing? What people are doing for money, especially after this devolution. Not devil, it's not devolution. It's devolution, but it kind of like it brought some devils into it. Into the limelight. It's amazing of what people are doing for money. Unfortunate. 
That should not be for the church. Listen, church, once and for all, bribing is not for the church. Out completely. Don't even think about it. If one one tells you about bribe, just tell them, I'm a born again man. I'll never forget a certain man years ago. I was a traffic policeman and he he arrested our guys and I I went there and he told me, he told me this, Pastor, if you will pay uh, 12,000, we'll release these people. I said 12,000 for what? I said, just, you know, if you, they go to court, they go, uh, no, he said, no, if you pay 5000 because if they go to court tomorrow, they'll pay 12000 You'll pay 12000 So what does this to do with, with this? What is this for? I'm telling you to help you so that they can come out. I said, no, let me tell you something. What will happen, sir? If I give you that money, I'll be cursing myself and I'll be cursing you and your family. And he's, he's not looking at me all that time. He said, you, 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 you know, Pastor, I, I thought like I'll help the church to save some money. <laughs> I'm serious. That's exactly what he told me. Fool told me that if you go to court tomorrow, you'll pay 12000 Our guys went to court the following day, and they, I mean, they, released the ve- they, they were released, but the vehicle was there, but they went to court the following day. We paid 5005 Did it take a longer time? Yes. Was it a righteous deal? Yes, it was. Righteous things, you've noticed in this nation, they take longer. You may take longer, but I'd rather be right standing with God than take shortcuts, and I am rebelling against God. There are consequences to that. People who who want to to be rich, they fall into into, it says that desire to be rich, fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Not money. The love of it is a root of all kinds, is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith, and they are in their what? Greediness have pierced themselves through many sorrows. You can't live a corrupt life and have any kind of peace. Forget. The two don't work together. If you want a life, the blessing of the Lord, remember these ones, they have pierced themselves through many sorrows. If you want a life of the blessing of God that makes rich and has no sorrow with it, Live for him. Have your treasure in him and have your heart in him and he will teach you how to profit. And you'll always have a testimony concerning his goodness. Now, in several instances, the Lord shows us laying up treasures in heaven in relation to dealing with arms, A-L-M-S, which is given to the poor. He says so many times, Brother Francis already Read this scripture in Luke 12, 33 to 34. It says, sell what you have and give alms. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourself money bags which do not grow old. A treasure in the heavens that does not fail 
where no thief approaches, no moth destroys, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Look at this then. God is not saying that I want you to transfer all your bank accounts to heaven. He's not saying that. Can your money be in a certain account and be secured by heavenly principles? Yes. Yes. Is my heart is in a, in a certain bank? No. My heart is in God. You know, I, I already years ago, of a certain man, I mean, he got born again, but as a Congolese, and he was given his testimony when he served the devil. He served the devil into levels of sorcery. You know, educated sorcerer. He says that one of the things that happened, he says, in the class. Ah, let me put it this way. Understand this one, I say this, say, you magnify the devil? No, he, no, he has no power, he's defeated. But he says this, his father was such a sorcerer that he'll be in a marketplace. And he will fall down and split his, he split his body into pieces. And then pick them up again and go. Now that's his father. And that's demonic world. He admired his father so much that he wanted to be like him. And from very early age, he had followed the path of his father, a sorcerer. And he says in class, he realized, one of the things that he says, in class he realized that there's a time that he wasn't doing, he didn't want to study and all that. And he says it's through demonic forces, he could pick up the brains of other students and use them. And you walk out of the class, and the teacher is there, and the, the teacher does not know. He's playing outside, and then immediately the teacher realizes, I saw you over there, but you are already here. So he couldn't do anything. But he says this, one time, most likely the teachers at uh, the, 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 the school realized that, and they started praying in the mornings. They'll have an assembly and start praying and start using the power that is in the blood. He says he became powerless. But the unfortunate thing when people are praying, the head teacher was not paying attention. He was susceptible to demonic forces. Others are praying, but him wasn't praying. But this is where I'm coming to the point over here. He says one time, as an, uh, at a certain age, he, he went and uh, he wanted to go. He went for an interview. And then, he, that, that was his first encounters with God. In an interview, he went. He was interviewed, and he, didn't get, he, he really wanted to get the job. And he knew that in that list, he was to go back in the spirit at night and get back into those offices and change the numberings of the interviews. Inter interviews, yeah. The ones, interviews, the ones that are being interviewed, to change so that he'd be one of the top ones to be employed. He says that night, he went back, and when he opened the folders and started looking at the list, he realized there are some names that he could not transfer because there's so much light coming out of them. That was his first encounters with the power of God. He says others he could change easily, but there are others he could not touch. He realized they were protected, and he started realizing there's more power available than of Saturn because he had lied to him. He was the ultimate power. 
Anyway, later on, he gave his life to Christ. Let me show you something, what I'm saying here. You have your heart in God. He has your treasure. You have, he has your heart. He protects everything that has your name on it. That's the point right there. Can I prove that from the scripture? Yes, the book of Job. Everything that has a name, your name on it, God says this, it's mine. Why? I have this man's treasure. I have his heart. He's, he's doing everything that I've called him to do. I influence his heart in whatever he does. Have you considered my servant Job? Does he serve you in vain? You've protected everything he has. Yes. That's the kind of a person living for God. That's how he's supposed to be. Amen? Hallelujah. If you keep losing things, church, you need to start asking the Lord why that is happening. It's unusual. Or even in your house, if you break cups all the time and, and, and utensils. That's unusual. Are you tithing? That should not be happening. All right. Man, so look at this then. I say this in him laying up treasures in heaven. I say, man is the center of God's heart, he is his treasure. Man is the center of God's heart. Man is God's treasure. Not money. Man. Mankind is God's treasure. Listen, his greatest possession. God's greatest possession is man. There is no greater investment you can make than using whatever you possess to influence souls into the kingdom of God. The heartbeat of man, the greatest possession God has is man. He told the children of Israel this way. If you look in some scriptures in the book of Deuteronomy, he says this, you, if you obey me, keep my word, you will be my special treasure. Special treasure. Tell your neighbor, you are God's special treasure. You better act like one. Let me, let me ask you a question over here. Something had, you remember the, the rich young ruler who said that, who said, uh, just a moment, let me, let me see if I can have this in place. Yeah, the rich young ruler, he said, what can I do what? What can I do that I may inherit what? Eternal life, all right? How do we come into the kingdom of God? By giving our, our what? Our hearts. We say our lives, but actually giving our hearts to the Lord. Is that so? That's how we get eternal life. It's giving our hearts to the Lord or giving our lives to the Lord. Then we become who? God's. The greatest possession, treasure God has is man. Tell me anything that you'll take from earth to heaven. Uh, you know, I had a story years ago of a certain preacher saying this, that uh, there's a certain man that God had really blessed him and 
opened up a heaven, you know, a gold. He became, a, he became, he started mining gold and he had a lot of gold. And he enjoyed his gold. And then he asked for a special request from God for, for, for God to allow him to go with his gold to heaven. And he was allowed. And then, but he came to the gate of heaven and he was, I said, what is this you're carrying? I said, this is gold, you know, God bless me so much. I have so much gold on earth. And I asked him and he's allowed me to come with gold, uh, to come with some things. He said, to come with what? This, this thing I'm carrying. What is that you're carrying? The angels are curious to know what is this so special that is allowed to carry to heaven. And then they, they open up and they saw gold. I say, you are carrying pavements. <laughs> you carrying pavement to heaven. So think about that. What is it that you treasure on earth? You think that this is the highest of the highest of the highest. Listen, there is nothing on earth you can take to heaven but souls of men. There is the key. There is the treasure. Everything I am doing on this earth to bring souls into the kingdom of God, I'm touching his heart. Why the sound system? Why the outreaches? Why KSCF? Why reaching out to the needy? Why going out for evangelism? What is it all about? It's about God's treasure. He talks about laying up treasures. He's dealing with men so much. He says, if I can have your heart, if I can have your treasure, I'll have your heart. And I will show you my treasure. And God says this, if I, you want me to show you treasure, I'll open your eyes to see how I look, and, to, uh, look at men. You see wickedness, I see a soul. <laughs> I mean, that's why God, really, if there's something that he hates, is this slave, slave, slavery and, you know, slave men tra being trafficked, you know, and, and oh, no, 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 that's involving human trafficking. Because it goes against his own nature. This is his treasure, man. Listen, let me say something quick. Give me some few minutes here, we'll finish, Okay. All right, now look at this. It's, it's, I'm, I'm going to somewhere. One finish this and then we receive Holy Communion, okay? We haven't, I want you to see the connection of God's treasure and why he wants to have our treasures so that he may have our hearts and that he may influence our hearts to his, towards his treasure. You see that? Remember, we are talking about the kingdom heart. We are not even talking about possession. God deals with the roots. When, when Jesus cast, spoke to that fig tree, what, did it, what happened? It dried to the root. God deals with the root. But man, because of not listening to God, they deal with the fruit. God deals with the root. 
So we are talking about the kingdom of the kingdom heart, a kingdom heart. I do believe the whole perspective of laying up treasures in is to have your heart influenced by the kingdom of God in whatever you do. I'll say it again. While I'm talking of the kingdom about the kingdom heart, I do believe the whole perspective of laying up treasures is to have your heart influenced by the kingdom of God in whatever you do. Trusting God comes in whether you are tithing or in a kind of giving for the sake of the kingdom. It is having our hearts fixed, trusting in the Lord. That's what the King James Version says in that Psalm 122. It says, it's having your heart fixed, trusting the Lord. Let me make a statement over here. For God to redeem man, redemption means to be bought back. For God to redeem man, he paid the price with his own life. He paid the price with his own life. This is how valuable man is to God and should be to us who have confessed the Lord Jesus. He paid the price with his own life. He gave his son. He gave his own. He gave his most precious, valuable thing the, 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 the son Jesus Christ, this is how valuable man is to God and it should be to us who have confessed the Lord Jesus Christ. We should have the same attitude toward mankind. Nothing and no one can redeem man except the sinless blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, let me go up there and see if I can start winding up. In First Corinthians chapter six, verse twenty, it says, "For you have, for you are bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are whose? God's. You are bought at a price. Listen, if I'm bought at a price, it means everything I have is God's. You see what I'm saying?" If I'm bought, do you know that if you are bought as a slave, you are owned, everything you have, you are owned by the owner? Yeah. For you are bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. I want you to see David's attitude towards, the King David's attitude towards wealth in the building of God's world. God's house. Let's go to First Chronicles chapter 29. Choir, are we still awake over here? Yeah. All right. Now, look at this. I want you to pay attention to this. Let me give us a little bit of uh, the story of David here. Remember, David wanted to build God, God's house. And God told him, no, no, don't do it. Because you have been a man of war, and you have much blood. So I won't allow you to build it, but I will let your son build it. What could he have done? Okay, so it's my son doing it, that's fine. He could have done nothing and say, my son is doing it, that's fine. I tell you like an example, like, oh, will you have, you can tell the person is hungry, will you have food? I say, no, I'm, I think I'm okay. Okay. That's not a giver. 
Can I give you food? Can I? I mean, why would you even ask? Uh, just to let you know I'm serving you right now. I'm going to the kitchen to bring you food. Oh, what, what, what does the scripture say? In, in, uh, in, uh, in Proverbs 23, it says, they tell you eat, but their heart is not in it. As they think in their heart, so they are they. Just, just, just use that scripture. Listen, as a man thinks in his heart, so what? You see, so uh, listen, look at this. I have my treasure in God so that he can influence my thinking. I have my treasure in God, then he has my heart, then he can influence my thinking. But what about if he said, you know what? Give me some few minutes, I'm going to the kitchen, I'm bringing you some food. Okay, that's more comforting. I'll be able to say, go ahead, that's, that's fine. No, 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 I'm okay. I say, no, but uh, it won't take long. I'm, I'm bringing you food for, within a short time. No, that won't. No, 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 no. I say, are you serious? You really don't want to eat? Do you know what I've prepared? Now you can even tell them. And maybe it's the food that they like. I say, oh, it's that one. I, I, I'll have a little bit. At least you've sown to someone a seed. Now, but, but look at this. So David is told by God, that you will not be the, the house because you, are, you have blood in, your, blood in your hand, in your hands. And then he says this. This is what he does. He prepares everything for the temple for his son Solomon. And it wasn't two shillings. I should have studied the history of how much it is equivalent to our currency now. Billions and billions of a seed that he sold. But look at this. Let's go to verse, verse 1. He says this, furthermore, King David said to all the assembly, my son Solomon, whom, whom, whom alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced, and the work is great. God doesn't choose you because you're experienced. I'm saying it again. God doesn't choose you because you're experienced. To the natural qualification, he didn't. And the work is great because the temple... Is not for man, but for the Lord God. But look at this thing. Now for the house of my God, I have prepared with all my might gold for the things to be made of gold, silver for the things of silver, bronze for the things of bronze, iron for the things of iron, wood for the things of wood, onyx stones, stones to be set, Glistening stones of various colors, all kinds of precious stones, and marble slabs in abundance. Moreover, don't forget that. Look at this. Because I have set what? Wow. Oh, that's big, church. I have set my affection on the house of my God. I have given. I have set my affection and I have given. To the house of my God, over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house, my own. What that? Of gold and silver. You know, have you ever fallen in love until now you start pulling out things that you had hidden for years? Because your, your, your affection has gone to that young lady. 
and you're about to get married, and there are things that you talk you never said to, to anyone. You've been slain. Sorry, not slain. You, you, you've been given life. <laughs> you've been given life, not slain. You, you see that? But what's that? You start giving out. Listen, that which you love, you give out. Amen? Your secrets. He says this, this is my special treasure of gold and silver. Let's go to the other, to the other scriptures over there, uh, ladies. What is the next one? I want you to see, look at this, his attitude. Remember, let me make a statement over here before we go to that. Remember this, the kingdom attitude is this. The kingdom attitude we should have is we come to the Lord, what is this? The Lord says this, if I can have your treasure, I will have your heart. Then I will teach you the right kingdom attitude towards earthly possessions. We are looking at right kingdom attitude towards earthly possessions right here. That's what I want you to see. Now look at this. Therefore David blessed the Lord before the assembly. And David said, blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our father forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Listen, there's nothing you can give to God that he doesn't own. But look at this, verse 12. Both riches and honors come from you and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand is to make great and to give strength to all. Now therefore, our God, we thank you and we praise you, your glorious, and we praise your glorious name. But who, I, who am I and who are my people that you should be able to offer so willingly as this? For all things come from you, and of your own, we have given you. Don't forget that statement. For all things come from you. And your own, we have given you. That's the right kingdom attitude. You see that? I want you to stay right there. You can fan, fan, fan a bit. And stay right there. You, you see? All things come from you and your own we have given you. But look at this. For we are aliens and pilgrims before you, as were all our fathers. Our days on earth are as a shadow and without hope. Thank God we have Jesus. Now we have hope. All right? But look at this. Oh Lord our God, all this abundance that you have prepared to build your house for your holy name is from your hand and is all your own. I thought you were right there going to say hallelujah. I mean, that's a powerful statement right over there. All what we are doing is from your hand. Go back to this. Is that the script? All our God, all abundance, abundance that we have prepared to build your house for your holy name is from your hand and is all your own. Look at verse, verse 17. I know also, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in apprentice. Right there. You see that? The treasure right there and the heart. 
As for me, he says, all the manifestation you are saying, you are seeing, as for me, in the uprightness of my heart, I have willingly offered all these things. And not, and now with the joy, I have seen your people who are present here to offer willingly to you. So David actually is saying this, this is my heart attitude. The other day of uh, Singapore got independence in 1965. Some two years after us. It's amazing what is there and how the nation is in order. There's no slum. Listen, they say this that even there are no places that you can go and fear like you're, been to, you're going to be mugged or anything. Nothing. And what percentage are Christians? Very small percent. Yeah, they're Christians. Very small percentage, actually. Is that so? And uh, you go do your Google. I mean, you don't do all your studying. You just go do your work. But, but, but look at this. That, that, listen this. If, if, if that was our hearts, and that's why it has to start with the church. If that's our hearts is to serve God, I'm telling you, we eradicate poverty. We eradicate poverty. And if that was our, the heart of this nation, we'll not have any slum anywhere here. We'll not have the rate of crime that we have. We'll not have the rate of all the things that we are seeing here. Wickedness increase. Listen, poverty is such a, such destructive because it creates bitterness. Have you ever heard people say, like, I mean, it's, it's people say, my uncle has a lot and he gives me nothing. And look at this. Why, why do you expect him to give to you? A lot of things and he doesn't give to me. You're not redeemed by your uncle. Oh, let's face it. Because look at this. He's putting your trust to the wrong person. But don't you know that you can trust God and that uncle... The Bible talks about uh, the, 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 the king. Which one is this? The, the, the king that couldn't sleep at night until he promoted Mordecai. I want God interrupting people in their dreams. Huh? Do you remember in Genesis chapter 20 when, uh, when the king Abimelech also took Sarah and they were already in the, in the palace? He didn't touch her, but already in the palace. God appeared to him in a dream. I want that kind of God. He appears in a dream for you, to people, for you. God, God speaking to her, it amazes me. And I, you know, I say it by faith. God speaking to, 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 to that king Abimelech in the night, in a dream. He tells him, behold, you are a dead man. Because of someone's wife. Can you imagine God speaking to you? Because of your wife. God speaking to someone in a dream. You are a dead man. It's amazing. Listen. Don't limit God. Let's go to the last one before we take over. We are in verse what? Verse 18. Listen to this. O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the intent of the thoughts of what? of the heart of your people and fix their heart toward you. Does that remind you of Psalm 112? And fix 
Come on, ladies, we are running. Do you want to go home? No, just kidding. But and fix their heart toward you. Now look at this. And give my son Solomon a loyal heart to keep your commandments and your testimonies and your statutes. To do all these things and to build the temple for which I have made provision. And verse 20. Then David said to all the assembly, Now bless the Lord your God. So all the, so all the assembly blessed the Lord God of their fathers and bowed their heads and prostrated themselves before the Lord and the King. The attitude of giving is of the heart. It's having your treasure in God. Now, Holy Communion is a reminder, church, that God has redeemed us with the blood of Jesus, partaking of it. Remember, Jesus says, you do this in remembrance of me. If I am not my own, then everything I have is not mine, and I can offer it to God in obedience. If I'm not my own and I am not, I'm redeemed by the blood, then everything that I have is not mine. If that's the case, then I can offer to God in obedience. Anytime he asks for it, I can give it to him. If you have that attitude, I'm telling you, you realize how wealth you'll become. You receive that by faith in your heart, and it's a matter of, listen, it's a matter of time. You've already received it inside of you. You start renewing your mind, and you realize at some point, you're wealthy. But the Lord has your treasure. The Lord has your heart. So everything that you have is his. And you can, you can do whatever he tells you at any command and obey him and give it out and share it with people. God wants your treasure. He wants your heart. The root is this. He wants your heart. If you're really born, born again, listen, tithing should never be a thing that you have to be really encouraged to do. We talk about the heart is established. It should never be a thing that you have to be encouraged to give. <laughs> That's why, you know, when people send WhatsApp, many of them, you know, of, uh, put you in a group and they're coercing you to give. I don't see that is of God. Let me say some truth about it. That's not of God. Have you ever given and you feel like someone just came to your neck and they are posting in a group and they are really posting and saying of how you should to give? You know, you can be polite and be spirit-led and the next thing they see that uh, no man left. <laughs> Have you been put in a group that you didn't want to stay in there? But you stayed because you feared people. Come on, Anyone? And he said, because, because he didn't want to leave. And it's amazing when you leave, you say, he left. And we are thinking of all the thoughts that they are thinking about you. Leave in the group. Let, let, let's, go, let's go to the reality of this. Before you put me in that group, did you, did you ask me to? You didn't. So I'm leaving without you asking you to leave. I mean, that's polite. Okay, it seems like we have administrators here of the group or subgroup. <laughs> they, they, they really don't want to say anything. Rise up on your feet, please. It seems like you have many administrators here of the groups. Don't add people that they don't want to be in that group and you just put them there. You wake up in the morning and say, you're being added to this group. Which group is this? 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Have you received anything from these four sessions? Ah, listen this. If this is going to to help you, you have to meditate. You have to renew your mind. You have to go back to the scriptures. You have to meditate until it becomes part of you. You'll be amazed of the wealth that God has for you. And for his kingdom. And I do believe this church, this is what will happen. The wealth transfer, this is not the only thing, but also this is one of the things that will happen in the wealth transfer from the wicked to the righteous. Because the righteous know what to do with the wealth. They, can, they know what is God's treasure and they know how they can reach out to God's treasure through their wealth. But if you are spending all for yourself and nothing about the kingdom of God, the wealth transfer, I guarantee you, God will not, uh, will not let it come to you. I say authoritatively, if you obey this word, I see you in the future. And you are wealthy than you do look right now. Amen? You'll be in places. You'll be in places. And places that you never imagined that you'll ever be. God says this, I know your heart. I know where your treasure is. I know where your heart is. Because of this, I will show you things that, that natural people have no idea concerning. I'll, I'll read one scripture, then we'll, we'll, we'll lead someone to the Lord before we receive Holy Communion. In Psalm 91, there's something that he says over there. In verse 14 says this, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. Wow. Church is powerful for God to set you on high because you have known his name. He shall call upon me and I'll answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. He will, I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. That's what God wants to do in your life. Way above than you've ever imagined. Or thought. So as you receive Holy Communion today, I want you to examine your heart. And I want you to genuinely ask the Lord to shift your heart. You ask him to forgive you. To show areas, let me, let me tell you the word, to show areas of idolatry. That there are things that if we are not careful, our hearts will be so attached to. We don't want to let go. Then they become a hindrance. We can hear the voice of God. But if we let go of those things, then we hear him. I know it's not, the, it's not so much consistent with every scripture, but I can say this, it just comes up in my, my mind, is this. In the day King Uzziah died, Isaiah says, I saw the Lord. I wonder why King Oza had to die for him to see the Lord. You see that? I don't know. I mean, I can teach it authoritatively as a doctrine. But, but look at this. I wonder. I mean, that is no coincidence. Uzziah, King Uzziah died and then he sees the Lord. It seems like to me, the hindrance between him seeing the Lord was King Uzziah. Immediately died. He sees the Lord. I'm not telling you to go pray for some people to die. 
for you to see the Lord. I'm saying this. Look at this. Look at these situations as some things that have hindered us because of our hearts not being in the right place. That we've been hindered from seeing God's perspective of things in our lives. That's what I'm talking about. I want you to lift up your hands and I want to pray this prayer after me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I open my heart to you. I ask you to forgive me for anything that I have exalted above you. I want to lay up treasures in heaven so that my heart may be in my treasures. Where my treasure is, so shall my heart be also. I want my heart in you and with you. Jesus, I confess you as my Lord and Savior. And I want to follow you as my Lord and Savior for the rest of my life. I give my heart to you. I give my possessions to you. I give my everything to you. Right now. Let me pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, I release faith in those who are even to anyone who's never given his life to Christ. I ask you, Father, for those words to penetrate into their hearts and to do our work to bring them into the kingdom of God. Father, I know I've shared your word and, and your word is the truth. I'm believing you, Father, for change of hearts concerning the priorities of the kingdom of God. May this church be known as people who have their treasures in you and their hearts in you that there is no earthly thing that we cannot give into the kingdom of God at your request or at your command. Father, I pray even for individuals that have been not tithing. You've said come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I release forgiveness, Father, for those that have not been tithing and those who have not had the kingdom of God in their hearts. I ask you, Father, for the grace and for the mercy of God. And I pray, Father, for your voice to be real in, your, in their hearts and that there may be a supernatural transformation that you may bring them into the place that you want us, you want us to be. I bless your people in the name of Jesus. And I believe your word which says so shall it be. That which the word that goes out of your mouth, it shall not right, return to you void, but it will accomplish that which you please and it shall prosper in that thing. So Father, this word concerning a kingdom heart, I add my faith to it. It shall not return to you void, but it shall accomplish that you please in the hearts of your people and prosper in that thing. I bind the devil. You will not steal this word, but it will bear fruit to some 30, to some 60, and to some 100 fold. I thank you, Father, for this in Jesus' name. Amen.